Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Shop, click, drive at robertsrobinson.com. It's one thing to say you want to cut spending or you can cut spending. It's entirely another to explain in very simple terms, especially at a federal government level, how to do it. And I submit to you, Rand Paul, the senator from Kentucky, who is one of my favorites because he seems very plain spoken, very simple about ideas. He is, uh, I think, self-described libertarian more than conservative or Republican. But there are so many different things that Rand Paul says that seem so simple to me and so easy and so adult, so smart, so I'm the adult in the room, so much I'm not worried about politics or public reaction, or winning my next election. Let's just do the right thing for America. And he has stepped up in a big way now over this argument over the debt ceiling. As you know, Democrats want to raise the debt ceiling. It's $31.4 trillion. They want the Republicans in the House to go along with it and just raise it because they just want to raise it every year and incur more and more and more debt in the United States for our Treasury, for our government. And McCarthy at this point in the House of Representatives saying, no way, we are not going to agree to raise the debt limit unless you, the Democrats, agree to reductions in spending. You got to cut the budget. We'll agree right now to keep this thing going if you can agree to some meaningful cuts that will bring it down to where we don't need to increase the debt ceiling. We can actually reduce it. That's all too big for my head to get around because there's so many little things and this and that. You just can't do it. So leave it to Rand Paul to make perfect sense out of all of this. And he did an interview on Wednesday where Rand Paul said, quote, we have plenty of money, unquote. Okay, you got me there. I agree with that. I think we all agree that bringing in $5 trillion in tax revenue every year is enough. We have plenty of money. Rand Paul went on to say, our interest on what we owe is $400 billion. That leaves us $4.6 trillion left to run the government. So this whole argument of, you know, will the government default? Can they make their payments? Can we, you know, keep this thing going? Rand Paul's ultimate point here is it's a joke. It's all the same stuff you hear from the left. It's all scare tactics. It all messes with the stock market. It messes with banks and interest rates, and it scares people that the U.S. government and the dollar, which, by the way, is the, the number one uh, most solid currency on earth, not just currency, but probably it's probably more secure than gold at this point or anything else. It's the number one valued commodity on earth is the U.S. dollar. We go and we try to scare people that suddenly it's not going to be worth anything. And Rand Paul is saying, wait a second, we take in $5 trillion every year. Think about this as your, your budget at your house. Let's say you take in $50,000. The $5 trillion is $50,000. And you have to pay $4,000. This is net, not gross. This is net. You bring in, after taxes, $50,000. And you have to pay debt on your house, your car, whatever, to the tune of $4,000. That leaves you $46,000 left to pay everything else and take care of everything else. It, I, this is simple math. This is really easy math. And I've never heard it said this way. He said, if we, we have $4.6 trillion left after paying our $400 billion in interest, we can easily pay all our soldiers, all our military, all of our Social Security, all of our Medicare with ease. We're not even talking about half of this money, okay? So now we have trillions left for what I would describe, and I think Rand Paul would describe, is all the waste, all the fraudulent crap that we do. Maybe we should get rid of some employees. Maybe we should cut the size of the federal government. There are a million ways to cut money out of the budget every year. And Rand Paul is saying, this is very, very easy. The GOP says we will expand the debt ceiling of $31.4 trillion right now if you agree to bring down what we spend. Okay, that becomes a negotiation. Rand Paul has a simpler plan. And I hope he's getting with McCarthy and, and going to sit in on this because his plan is really simple. It's really simple. Rand Paul says if we cut $100 billion right now, from what we're spending each year, if we can cut $100 billion right now, if we can find $100 billion in cuts and then freeze everything from four to five years, 
through growth over four to five years, we will have balanced the budget. Essentially, what he's saying is, you want to go out and buy a new car, you're going out to uh, Roberts Robinson, you're going to get yourself a Chevy Silverado, and you're going to finance it for 48 or 60 months, and then when that's over, your truck is paid for, it's free and clear, you're good, you're balanced on that. Rand Paul has given us very simple numbers. Now, I'm not the, you know, the accountant in the room. I'm not the fiscal person that can sit here and crunch the numbers and look at the federal government and all these other things. But I believe Rand Paul. I think he's a straight shooter. I think he's an honest guy. And I think he said something very plain spoken here that most Americans can understand. If you tell Americans, we have $5 trillion of your money we're taking in. We're going to spend $100 billion less. That's our plan, $100 billion less. And we're going to freeze it right there for the next four to five years. And when we do that, we will have a balanced budget. We will no, no longer ever need to extend the debt ceiling. We will have leveled everything off. We'll be spending within our means because the government will take in more money over time, over the four to five years. They will take in more. Remember, the revenue for the government goes up constantly. Your revenue and my revenue may not, but theirs goes up all the time. It happens over time. It's like clockwork. It absolutely will go up. And that's a very simple plan. And I present that to you. Does that sound that hard? I mean, I've heard people come up with gimmicky things where they say, you know, uh, freeze everything, one per, cut, cut 1% or, you know, increase no more than 1% every year or something like that. Those aren't real world solutions. When inflation hits 9% like it has, like my mom got a cost of living adjustment, I think, to her Social Security of about 9 or 10%, maybe a little more. She got that. And she says, I don't really need it. I said, yeah, you do, Mom. You don't know where your money's going. You know, when you're going to Walmart and you're buying your groceries, you're paying more. She says, yeah, but groceries have gone up a little bit. I said, what about your power bill? Has it gone up a little bit? Yeah, but not much. You know, like 5 bucks or 10 bucks or something like that. But when you start adding everything up, and my mom is in a position in her life where she has no bills, she doesn't have a car payment, she doesn't pay on anything. She's not paying off any loans or any debt or any of these other things. So she's in a pretty good situation. They raised her rent this year 5%. I said, that's a win, mom. That's a win. They raised you 5%. Uh, she's, I, I actually do think she is winning. Her Social Security is going up, and she has a lot of money that she keeps in CDs, which are not risky investments, that are coming due, and now they're tripling and quadrupling in what they're bearing in interest for her which is fantastic. So I, in a weird sort of way, inflation's working for her as long as the people that run her building don't come to her and pop her with a 20% rent increase. That would be the killer for her. That would be just awful. But 5%, okay, it went up 5%. Your Social Security went up. The money you're making on your money that you have invested is going up. She's doing okay. So she's, she's fine. The government can do this too. This isn't that hard. We all have budgets. We all have things. Rand Paul, very simple. I believe him. I can't verify this. A lot of you guys out there are really smart. Send me an email if you say, if you absolutely positively believe that could not and would not work to balance the budget, I'd love to hear from you because I'm going to assume that many of you out there are smarter than me, but I'm just going to tell you my experience in the past is when I hear Rand Paul speak, it makes sense to me. It makes sense. And this is the adult thing to do. And we really don't even need to play politics on this. The American people really don't need to be in on this. To be honest, we should just do it because it's the right thing. Find $100 billion in cuts right now from the annual budget, freeze it for four to five years, and with growth over that period of time, we will have balanced the budget. That doesn't sound hard on a $5 trillion budget. It doesn't. I'm sorry. And that's why we keep increasing it. To be honest, when you're only paying $400 billion in interest on $5 trillion that you bring in every year, when that's, when that's your interest cost, I see why they just keep spending and going over budget. But the bottom line is create a budget and stick to it. We've seen so many red states do this now, and now they have a surplus. Because when you have a, when you have a budget and you have to, by law, stick to it, what we find out is taxes increase over time, the revenue goes up, and then you have a surplus. Can you imagine what the dollar would be worth, what investments would be worth, what the United States economy would look like if we had a surplus like so many red states in America? What would, how would this country be different if we had a surplus? Can you imagine? And why run on a, it's such a Democrat thing to do to run on a deficit, to borrow 
and pay interest on money that you don't need, that you didn't have and you don't need, when you have $5 trillion every year to spend how you want. This is insane. This is, this is how we wind up having wars and funding wars and doing the things we're doing. I'm not going to go off on a tangent today on the Ukraine war, but the most disgusting thing I've seen yet about the Ukraine war is Vladimir Putin apparently is close to signing a deal with the Taliban in Afghanistan to acquire all of the military equipment the United States left behind. Some $7 billion worth of military equipment is sitting there. Taliban don't really know how to use it, and they really don't have a use for it, to be honest. That's not the way they fight. There's tanks. We know what's there. We know what's there. Munitions, rockets, all kinds of stuff we left behind. Guns. $7 billion worth of stuff we left behind in Afghanistan, and Vladimir Putin is closing in on a deal to buy it from the Taliban, where we will have, are you ready for this? The dumbest Democrat thing you've ever heard in your life to deflect from all of the wrong things they're doing in this country. They've gotten us into a war that only our soldiers aren't fighting in at this point, but we're in the war, clearly. We are funding the war on behalf of Ukraine. He announced yesterday he's sending Abrams tanks. We're going to send all our stuff to help Ukraine. And Putin is buying our equipment that we just haphazardly ran out of Afghanistan and left behind. It is literally going to be American tanks against American tanks in a war that we don't have soldiers in. I, I'm, I, I, I have so many things that they do that just drive me crazy. And, I, and sometimes I got to get away from it because the stupidity of it all is just mind-boggling. Has there ever been any more of a boondoggle than this? Forget the document scandal. Forget all the stupid other stuff that he's doing. The lack of security at our border versus the war. Stop for a second and think about it. He pulls out of one country, claims he's an anti-war president, and clearly pulled out of Afghanistan so we could have a war in Ukraine. They begged for this war. If you don't remember, before the Russians went in, we were literally sitting, Biden and, and the Pentagon spokesman, Kirby, and all these other people, they were begging for war. They were like, oh, Russia's going to do it. Oh, Russia's going to do it. We egged them into this. For what reason, I don't know, but we did. And now we're well over $100 billion, which is what Rand Paul is trying to cut out of the budget. I guess if we cut the war out, we're doing good here. Well, there's plenty of Republicans that like the war too. Mike Pompeo's out there on a book tour saying he's going to run for president, and he, he loves the war. He, this guy, I like Pompeo. I think he should be the governor of Kansas. He's from Wichita. I want that guy to be the governor of Kansas. But you're not going to be president, and you don't get any votes from anybody. When you sit and you do an interview on your book tour, and you say, yeah, I'm for these tanks. I think this is the right thing to do. And then you say, dot, 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 but it's too late. We should have done it earlier. What the hell kind of a statement is that? If it's too late to send them in, I think there's a feeling this war is lost, that the, the piece of the Ukraine that Russia wants, they're going to have, and we're not stopping it. And these tanks won't stop it. And Pompeo's like, yeah, it's a good idea. I'm for it. I'm in agreement with this, but it's too late. Well, no, you shouldn't be in agreement with it then. You should say, I was in agreement nine months ago, but not now. We've lost this thing. And we should get out. I mean, these, these wonky, swampy D.C. people and their warmongering are driving me absolutely bat spit crazy. And I can't get past the fact that we left $7 billion worth of munitions, armory, tanks in Afghanistan, and Russia's buying those now, and they're going to use them against the Ukraine, where we're, we're funding their stuff. It's just, it's just a complete disaster. It's the only way to describe it. Rand Paul speaks some truth. $100 billion in cuts right now. Freeze that for four to five years, and we will have a balanced budget through growth, through more income coming in through tax revenue. I absolutely believe it. McCarthy has promised Manchin of West Virginia for his vote on this. 
He says, if you'll give me, he, he met with Manchin. He crossed over. He said, look, I'm Speaker of the House. I'm going to meet with you. You're the key vote here. If I can get you to vote with Republicans in the Senate, we've got this. We'll throw it to the president's desk, and he'll pretty much politically be forced to sign it, I think. McCarthy has promised no cuts in Social Security, no cuts in Medicare. What else is there? I, I'm, I'm with Rand Paul. I add in the military. Make sure you tell the American people all the soldiers get paid, all the Social Security checks will cash, and all the Medicare payments will be taken care of. If you do that, what do the American people care? There might be a few splinter groups here and there. Planned Parenthood may get cut a little bit. How about NPR? How about we shut down public broadcasting? How about the government stops funding broadcasting? Let's just eliminate it. NPR and PBS, gone. Wipe them from the ledger. Why would we spend money on that? And why would Republicans ever agree to that? Because they're just Democrat outfits anyway. Cut it. Make them go compete. Phase them out over time. Go get your little fundraisers. Do your little things. Allow them to sell advertising and go compete like MSNBC and CNN do. Do it on your own, not with government funding. We fund so much stupid stuff, it's insane. Absolutely ridiculous. So as you can tell, I'm all about saving money. I'm all about budgeting. I learned this in my 30s. It took me a good 10 years, to uh, more than that, 10, 10 to 12 years. It took me out of college to even understand remotely what to do with the income that I was bringing in. I think that's common with most people, that you grow up that it does take a while to figure some things out. I'm no genius. I'm not patting myself on the back here. I spend money on things I shouldn't spend money on and always have for quality of life or experiences or things like that. I'll probably spend too much on a steak dinner this weekend going to California and playing golf. That will probably happen. Shouldn't and can't really justify it, but I'll do it in the spirit of memories and creating opportunities and memories of a lifetime and things like that. I do that. So we all do that, but I do love saving a buck. And as we mentioned on yesterday's podcast, Tickets for Less is offering 15% off for KKHI listeners only this week for the AFC Championship game. The only way to save 15% at ticketsforless.com is with the promo code KKHI. Please spread the word with your friends. Let them know about this. This will save them money. People want to go to the game. They see ticket prices. There may be a little shock if four people are going. I mean, you're, you're, in most cases, I think we're talking about saving $100 or more with this. So please let people know. Tweet it out. Retweet my tweets. Tell people. Send emails. Text folks. 15% off at ticketsforless.com. And by the way, that's on anything you buy this week. Any concert you want to go to, any baseball game, any sporting event, Allen Fieldhouse Tuesday night, KUK State, 15% off. Promo code KKHI. Missouri basketball, 15% off. Promo code KKHI. This week, do it. 15% off. The only place you will get 15% off with Chiefs Bengals tickets is tickets for less with the promo code KKHI. Please go get on that. All right, on to uh, Bill Gates, who everybody knows and just gets loonier as he gets older. But we should have known a guy that was wackadoodle enough to build a computer in his garage and software and whatever and make the money he's made views the world differently than other people. And I would never say Bill Gates isn't smart. I won't say he's a, I would never say he's not a great American treasure and innovator. He's all those things. But man, these people, sometimes really, really smart people say the dumbest things. And maybe it's a lack of common sense. Maybe they're geniuses. Maybe they're eccentric. It's hard to say, I guess. But that's where we are. And Bill Gates has said China's rise is a huge win for the world. Bill Gates said this at a think tank event with Australian, some Australian think tank. China's a very innovative country. Very important, said Bill Gates. Quote, a huge win for the world that they're succeeding. The problem with liberals like this is all they see is a future and they ignore history. And their future is a one world world where everybody gets along, this utopia where they think that the human instinct of tribalism, violence, oppression of others is going to go away. That life is just going to be good on earth. We have so much history of human beings being awful to one another. 
and territorial and violent. That yours truly here has enough common sense to say, there's something in us that's all messed up and that's not going to change. And it will always be violent and somebody will always want to take over the world and somebody will always want to oppress others. And China's right at the top of the list with their human rights violations. So I don't think it was a, the huge win for the world offsets what the Uyghurs are going through over there in those slave labor camps. I don't. At the same time Gates is saying this about China, he says a weaker United States would be scary for the world, says America, you know, being number one is important. Well, how can you, these are not mutually exclusive. This is the problem with really smart people. They can't see this. The history of the world tells us if China keeps growing and growing and growing, we've got a problem. And they will take over more and more countries and make them under the heading of the Communist Chinese Party. And I would argue to someone like Mr. Gates that the more important issue than China being a huge win for the world, I think what he's saying is a bigger economy means more people aren't starving, which is a great goal. I get it that there are people in Africa that aren't starving as much because of China or something. I get the, the lineage there, the linking that together. I would argue that the single most important thing on this planet for as long as it can be sustained is that a good and peaceful, liberty, freedom-loving republic called the United States of America is number one. That that is the most important thing for the world. And he seeds that point. He says it's scary for the world if the, if the United States is weakened. Well, the United States doesn't have to weaken if China overtakes the United States, that doesn't mean the U.S. got weaker. It means somebody else got bigger. And I don't think Bill Gates understands that. And these people drive me crazy on this stuff. They do. I just, I find that fascinating that somebody that smart could say something like China growing and getting more powerful is a huge win for the world. I just, I just can't, man. I, I don't understand these people and I don't think I ever will. I do understand the Finch Knife Company. They make great pocket knives. They're designed right here in Kansas City, a local company. The knives are available anywhere you live online at finchknifeco.com. Beautiful collector pieces or stunningly brilliant knives to use in any situation. We've had great stories from campers, fishermen, things that have happened. They didn't have their exact right, you know, fillet knife or whatever. If they caught these fish and they use their Finch knife, it works. It's great. They're like, it's great. It's as good as my fillet knife. Finch Knife Company. Keep life from getting dull. If you want to see the entire collection, go to finchknifeco.com or in person, visit Shields in Overland Park. You can handle one, see them, and, and buy them right out of the case right there at Shields in Overland Park. Keep life from getting dull with a new pocket knife for you or as a gift from finchknifeco.com. Advantage Termite and Pest Control, online at advantagetpc.com, 913-768-8989. Aaron and his team will uh, take care of all your needs, no matter what it is, whether it's your house, your business, a commercial property. Great savings if you bundle all of your services with Advantage Termite and Pest Control. They can handle it all. It's the only termite and pest control company I've ever used, AdvantageTPC.com. And Mark and his team at 360 Document Solutions, I'm getting more and more emails from you that said, yeah, we called Mark, and he came out, and we found a few things that he helped us with doesn't have to be a complete makeover of your office. Maybe it's just a couple of new copiers that cost less. It could be a small job. Copiers that cost less than what you're paying on your lease. Things like that. Some business machines. 360 does it all. They're going to get you out of expensive things like Hewlett Packard and that HP toner that's probably just stealing you blind. They'll get you in better products. 360documentsolutions.com or call Mark at 913-745-5344. He's got a big company here and a massive team. They work the entire western part of Missouri and the entire state of Kansas. This is not like, oh, you have to be in one little part of town. No, no, no. This is a big company that will come to you wherever your business is. 360documentsolutions.com. Donald Trump is now allowed on Twitter and Facebook. Adam Schiff is melting down. Adam Schiff's having a bad week. He got kicked out of the Intel stuff because he shouldn't have clearance. Same thing with Swalwell, who sleeps with a Chinese spy. They're out, and they're, they're just totally miffed. And they're like, oh, this is just payback from McCarthy, political. No, you guys shouldn't be in there. You're bad for America. Adam Schiff doesn't have America's best interests at his heart at any point. He has only the interest of his party in his mind. 
So Schiff is now speaking out that this is so bad. This is Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, these just big just giant corporations, all they want to do is make more money. The only reason they're letting Trump back on is to make more money. Well, yes, they are corporations and they have shareholders. Well, Twitter doesn't anymore. They have owners or shareholders that the specific mission statement for the business is to make a profit. That is true. These were your friends. Shift, these were the people that got Trump out and got Biden in. And you're bad-mouthing them in public because they're letting Trump back on? You should take your win and still serve at their feet for what they have done for you over the last seven or eight years. And now they fundamentally changed America with you. I can't believe he's insulting them. How could he be mad at Facebook after what Facebook has done? These guys took a sitting president and kicked him off the two biggest social media platforms in the world. A sitting president in the United States. They allow terrorists in Iran to be on there. They allow groups that behead others to be on there. They allow communists who have slave labor to be on there. But they wouldn't let Trump on there. Wow, Schiff, you are something else for bad-mouthing these people. Did you think they were keeping Trump off forever? Now, I don't know what Trump does with this. I think if he's going to run for president, he better be on Twitter. I don't think he's going to make it with just Truth Social. I think he better be everywhere if it's nothing but Trump retweets what's on Truth Social. That's fine, but he's going to have to get there. He's going to have to do that, I believe. And he is now allowed back on Twitter and Facebook, and it's only reasonable. He should never have been kicked off. This is ridiculous. This is not arguable. This is insanity. This is, this is complete one-sided liberalism taking over big tech and messaging in America, and they kicked off a sitting president. It's a joke. There, there is no argument at all ever for kicking Trump off Twitter or Facebook. None. Zero. Absolutely none. None. All right, on to sports, and let's start with the big news, obviously, of Wednesday. That is, Patrick Mahomes was a full participant in practice. Okay, how about this one? How about the possibility of this injury isn't all that bad? Anybody want to go there? See, that's something you can't say in Kansas City. You can't say, what if Mahomes was just being a little bit dramatic out there Saturday? What if he was hobbling around on that thing and showing what he showed, and it really wasn't that bad? We saw him run on a scramble where it didn't look to affect him at all. We saw him make a couple throws where it didn't look like it affected him at all. I'm sure in his mind it affected him during that game because that's a difficult thing. I'm not saying it isn't hurt. What if it isn't as bad as we think? So Mahomes, after three days, goes through his treatment, goes out there on video. We see him bopping up and down. We see him stretching the ankle. We see him lightly jogging on it. Then they kick the cameras out. Then the Chiefs announce Patrick Mahomes was a full participant. Not a partial, not limited, a full participant in practice. Prior to all this, Mahomes told the media, I'm doing good, it's doing good, it's doing good so far. Said his toe injury was much tougher. He says, there may be some limitations that I'll have to work through, but I'm going to keep pushing it and pushing it this week in practice. So let's, let's cut to the chase here. Mahomes got hurt Saturday. And the first real practice of the week, Wednesday, Thursday, are the big practice days. The first real practice of the week, he's a full participant. In three days, he's out there and he's practicing. We mentioned earlier this week that Mahomes has never played in a game where he didn't practice that week. Nobody seemed to be concerned about that, but there is a process. There is a thing about your teammates, about the leader of the team. There are so many things in play here. What Patrick Mahomes is telling his teammates by going out there and practicing fully on Wednesday is, this week is no different than any other AFC Championship game week. We've done this before. This is important. This is how we make our living. This is who and what we are, and we are all together. I'm not sitting a day or two resting my ankle more. I'm going to go through the process with you. We're going to get ready for this game together, and we're going to go kick their ass. That's what Mahomes is telling his teammates. And there might even be a situation where it's somewhere in between. I'm beginning to think the ankle injury isn't that bad. That's what I'm beginning to believe. You, but you can't say that in this town because it makes it almost sounds like eh, he was kind of faking or he's, you know, this or that. You can't do that to Patrick Mahomes. I get that. And I'm not, I'm not even saying he's doing that, but it implies that. I'm telling you, I don't think it's as bad as what we thought it was. That's what I believe at this point because he's practicing on Wednesday and it looks like he's going to practice all week. They asked Mahomes then 
about being an underdog because the line moved because of his ankle. You remember all this, right? The Chiefs were a three-point favorite. Then two days later, the Bengals were a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Vegas said it's unheard of. We've watched the line move five-and-a-half points. The line after Mahomes, there was video of Mahomes out on the practice field yesterday, went from two-and-a-half Bengals to one Bengals. It moved a point-and-a-half in an hour yesterday after people saw video of Mahomes on the practice field. Now they're saying he practiced fully, and it doesn't sound like there'll be many limitations. And Mahomes said to the media, quote, I don't feel like an underdog, especially at home. I can't revisit this more. These Bengals losses are flukes. That doesn't mean the Chiefs are guaranteed to win. They could lose. But it'll be if the Bengals go out and just beat the Chiefs Sunday, that'll be the first time. Because the last three times are all three-point wins. They were all comebacks, double-digit comebacks, right? They were all rabbits out of the hat. They did it. The Bengals won the game. But it was the Chiefs shooting themselves in the foot. We've chronicled the turnovers, whatever. Here's how you know the Bengal losses are a fluke. The Bengals haven't won a Super Bowl, right? They haven't won a Super Bowl. They didn't score in the fourth quarter last year in the Super Bowl. They had a chance to win. They only scored 20 points and didn't score in the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl. Chiefs are 0-3 against the Bengals. Over the same period of time since that first loss to the Bengals, the Chiefs are 17-2 against everyone else. 17-2 against everyone else. That's insane. The 0-3 is the fluke. Again, it doesn't mean the Chiefs are guaranteed to win Sunday. I'm moving this thing up, man. I think the Chiefs are like a 60%, maybe 65% chance of winning. I am bullish on this team this week. I Pouring over these games and what happened in these Bengals games and looking at the stats and the leads the Chiefs have had and the big plays that they've had, I'm bullish. I'm getting more and more bullish on this thing. The numbers are in on Patrick Mahomes' season this year without Tyreek Hill. And a nice study was done in the media. Patrick Mahomes threw for more yards. His completion percentage was higher. His quarterback rating was higher. His touchdowns went up. And his 30-plus yard completions were up. All up. All. Now, the number of passes that he threw and completed 30 yards downfield or more was exactly the same number, eight. And I ask this, how many missed opportunities did he have, especially midseason? It seemed like Marquez Valdez-Scantling was open. Guys were open that he missed. He just flat missed them. And it's hard. It's hard to throw it 50 yards downfield and hit a guy in stride. I'm not bagging on Mahomes here. I'm just saying even the passes completed 30 yards downfield or farther could have been up this year without Tyreek Hill. The bottom line is this. The Chiefs are in the AFC title game. Tyreek Hill's on a beach somewhere, and the Chiefs didn't miss him. They saved a pile of money that they were able to get other players. They got a whole bunch of draft choices out of the deal, and the Chiefs are a better team because of the trade. Before this game is played is the time to revisit this and say the Chiefs did the right thing. They absolutely did the right thing. And we'll see what Mahomes has on Sunday. I like the Chiefs in this thing. The other game, the NFC title game, I love this one. We looked up the, I I thought Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy had played against each other before. Hurts was at Oklahoma. Purdy was at Iowa State. And it's true, they did play each other. What kind of game do you think they played against? Now, Now, my buddy Todd Lebo would remember this right off the top of his head. But I don't remember. I remember the game now that I looked it up. They played against each other in the Big 12. Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma, Brock Purdy at Iowa State, and Oklahoma won that game 42-41. to Just an epic quarterback battle in college. That's fantastic. Now they're playing in the NFC Championship game against each other. It should just be a terrific game as well. Really good. Jalen Hurts is doing the opposite of Mahomes. You couldn't be more different this week. They're asking Jalen Hurts about his injury. He's got the shoulder thing, but he played great last week. He says, I don't, I've felt better. I don't feel great, but nobody does this time of year. We got to go do what we got to do. And he was all like solemn, like he wants people to think he's hurt. Jalen Hurts is doing, Mahomes wants people to think he's healthy. They're both just complete opposites this week with their injuries. It's fascinating to, when you, when you think about what they're trying to do here, you know, they're trying to, you know, bait San Francisco into something is what they're trying to do. Oh, we got this weak little quarterback. We're, we're all beat up. How can we beat the Niners? Yeah. Guy didn't look hurt to me last week. He looked terrific. 42-41 was that score. That's pretty fun. 
It has been announced the referee for the Super Bowl in three weeks will be Carl Cheffers. Chiefs fans have lost their minds on social media over this. Cheffers was the official of the Chiefs Super Bowl against Tampa Bay and now becomes the first ever referee to do two Super Bowls in three years. So they love this guy. There's more history with Carl Cheffers. Kelsey referred to him after a divisional playoff game against the Steelers, right? At Arrowhead. A few years ago, Alex Smith was the quarterback. Chiefs converted a two-point conversion. They called a holding call. Was it on Eric Fisher? It was a non-hold. A guy flopped. Cheffers called it, negated the two-point conversion, backed the Chiefs up 10 yards. They didn't get the conversion and lost the game because of that play. That was Cheffers. After the game, Travis Kelsey famously said, I wouldn't let that guy work at Foot Locker. Clearly a reference to what the officials wear and what Foot Locker employees wear. Great line by Travis Kelsey. Cheffers was also the official, as I, the referee I mentioned, in the Super Bowl against Tampa, where Kansas City was called for 11 penalties for 120 yards, and Tampa was called four for 39. What most gets the Chiefs' iron was revisited on social media when this was announced was a late drive in the second quarter where the Chiefs were had stabilized the game. It was 14-6. to six. Tampa wasn't really moving up and down the field, and it looked like it was going to go 14-6 to the locker room, and the Chiefs were going to get the ball and come out and do their thing. But no, we got two pass interference calls from that crew. And Tampa was able to march down and take a 21-6 lead at the half, which fundamentally changed everything in that game. That drive in the second quarter was massive there. Uh, the holding call in the playoffs, the PIs in the Super Bowl, and now Cheffers is out there. You know what, Chiefs and Chiefs fans, let's go play a Carl Cheffers game. If the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl this time, I'm going to promise you this. He knows all this. And he's going to have it in the back of his mind that I can't do anything unfair today to the Chiefs. This will be a positive. If the Chiefs win Sunday, Carl Cheppers as your referee will be a positive. It's not that he's going to go out and cheat for the Chiefs or do something for them, but I, I do this all the time. I get it in my head when I've been on radio or podcasting or whatever it is that I do. I get it in my head that I cannot do too much Kansas State content or I cannot say too many good things. I, through the years, I would go out of my way to point out negative things with Kansas State just to try to let the audience know that I'm balanced and I'm fair, whatever. I've probably been, if I've been unfair to one team, one school, one thing, one entity in my career, it is probably Kansas State. It is probably Kansas State. You just have it in your head. You're just sensitive to it. You don't, you don't want the appearance of impropriety. That's all. I just don't want people to think that I'm some sort of a K-State homer. I've always tried to play this stuff fair, as fair as I possibly can, and so I've always wanted to do that. Cheffers will have that in his head. In this game, he'll be like, I cannot have any appearance of impropriety against the Chiefs in this game. I just can't. Go Chiefs. Get this one. You're going to have the ref right where you want him in the Super Bowl. That'd be awesome. Cross Kitchens, KC.com is Kansas City's remodeler. They are the best in the city, and right now, you got through the end of this week. Let's go. You got until what, Tuesday? To contact Cross Kitchens KC and meet with Tim and talk about free countertops. Then the promotion is over after January 31st. Free countertops on your project. A way of saying thank you from Cross Kitchens KC. Also wants to get his guys busy and working before they, they really ramp up in March and April. They can get to a, especially if you have a smaller project, they can get to that really quick right now. They can get on it and get it done in and out and boom. CrossKitchensKC.com. MyPillow.com and MyStore.com. I know you hear a lot about these great products from Mike Lindell and his team at MyPillow, all American-made, quality products at low prices. MyPillow.com, MyStore.com. I would ask you if it's time for new pillows, new bedding, new sheets, a mattress topper, slippers, any of the great products or services at MyStore.com. If you haven't shopped there, you may go check it out. They've got cool things there. Uh, for outdoorsmen, it's not it's not all just, but my store is a bunch of great, different conservative businesses in one place. Go check it out. See if there's something there you like or need. If you do, please use the promo code KKHI. It's going to save you. That no, There are no bigger savings anywhere at either website. You can't save any more with any other promo codes, and it benefits the podcast. So we'd love to have your help by using promo code KKHI at MyPillow or MyStore.com or call 800 800- 923-9034 to place your order. A lot of folks have emailed me said, I'd rather call them and place an order. Great. Call them. 800-923-9034. That's the KKHI exclusive number. 
they'll know that's KKHI when it comes in. 800-923-9034 from MyPillowAndMyStore.com. The Royals have a lot of interesting stuff going on. We've talked about their trades this week and things like that, but, you know, the stadium thing just keeps going. More and more conversation about the new ballpark. Royals have added two new listening stops, listing tour stops that they're going to be doing. They're out there convincing everyone that the stadium is crumbling, that 70% of the concrete in the structure needs to be replaced because it's crumbling. It's 50 years old. Okay, I hear it. I don't believe it. I'm skeptical. Whenever somebody wants a billion dollars, you should be skeptical. You shouldn't just automatically say that's not true. You should say, okay, I'm a little skeptical of this. 70% of Kauffman Stadium needs to be jackhammered out and destroyed and replaced. That's what the Royals are saying. Their architect, populist, sounds like populist is on board with them. Sounds like the Royals have already decided if we're building a stadium, it's populist that's going to do it. It's a local company. They're on saying that there is wear and tear in the concrete and they, we can get into all kinds of different terms about cracking and water and seepage and peeling and all these things. What they call it is concrete cancer. The Royals and their architectural firm are now telling the public that Kauffman Stadium has cancer. They just went overnight from this is the, how many times have you heard Rex Hudler say it? This is the greatest stadium in all of baseball. What Kansas City Royals fan doesn't think Kauffman Stadium is the greatest stadium in baseball? I don't. I'm a truth teller. It's not. It's way behind most ballparks now. It is, but that doesn't mean we don't love it. Okay? You can love it, and it can also not be the best. These things are all possible. The Royals tell you over and over and over, oh, the other announcers come in here, and they say, God, this place is so great. How many times have you heard that line? On radio or TV. Oh, we were talking about dinner with the other announcers before the game, and they said this is their favorite ballpark. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, the Royals are in the untenable position of telling Kansas Cityans, the same people, that as recently as a few months ago were saying they had the best ballpark in the major leagues, that their ballpark has cancer. Cancer. That's the word they're using. I'm not kidding. I don't, I'm not making this up. Kauffman Stadium has concrete cancer and has to be replaced. That's interesting because Jackson County is responsible for all the upkeep of the stadium. And four years after we spent $625 million at the sports complex, the county hired Burns and McDonald, an engineering firm here in Kansas City, and said, we need you annually to go inspect these stadia. Go take a look at them each year. Let us know how we're doing. The first year, which was seven years ago, Burns and McDonald went in and said the concrete and the structure and everything of these 44-year-old buildings is, quote, exceptional. Since then, the last six years, they have moved down one category to satisfactory. There is no concrete cancer. There is no structural damage. There is no long-term issue with either one of these ballparks, according to Burns and McDonald. That's the county hiring them to go. And the county is ultimately responsible for the upkeep of these stadiums. Look, we start to see some cracking, some foundation problems. we got big issues, and we need to get on that right away. So they have, the, this is a thorough engineering review of these ballparks. Who do you believe? I'm just going to ask you on the surface. Who do you believe? The Royals who want a billion dollars saying that concrete cancer is at Kauffman Stadium or the county in Burns and McDonald and apparently the Chiefs because they're silent believing that it's all satisfactory at this point. I've not heard the Chiefs use the term concrete cancer. Have you? Stands to reason they'd have the same problem, but they don't. The Royals. Oh, they're probably going to get their ballpark. But, I, you know, I think our goal here, I want the new ballpark too. I, I'm, I'm for it. I just want to get the most money out of the Royals we can possibly get and the least money from taxpayers. That's all I'm about. And exposing them on stuff like this is important. John Sherman should have to raise a pile of money to build his ballpark and invest in it a lot because he's going to make a lot. Okay, Valentine's Day is not too far away, and Joslyn's Jewelry is ready to welcome you. Then maybe this weekend at their store at 95th and Antioch. What the heck you got going on Saturday? Go on into Joslyn's. Gary will be in there Saturday. Say hi to him. Tell him you love the podcast, and you probably find something easily for under 100 bucks to give her for Valentine's Day. Or 
If you're looking to upgrade necklaces or diamonds or put new diamonds around, to maybe, maybe you've been married a long time and there's, you know, smaller, older diamonds, they can reset that wedding ring into something gorgeous that maybe you couldn't afford or wouldn't have thought of 25 or 30 or 40 years ago. Upgrade it with a new diamond in the middle and they'll remake the whole ring with the same band, the same diamonds you already have and just make it more sparkly and beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. You could pass it down for generations. Gary does all kinds of great work like that at Joslyn's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch, online at joslynsjewelry.com. The Bluemont Hotel in Manhattan welcomes you this spring or summer for your sporting events, little leagues, or for business events in and around Manhattan, the second fastest growing city in America. They also have wedding parties, rehearsal dinners, receptions, if you live near or around Manhattan, what a wonderful venue to take care of all of that for you. Log on to BluemontHotel.com, or if you travel on business throughout the state of Kansas, why not stay in Manhattan for a night? It's a great place to stay. Maybe stay around a ball game or a concert, or just go out to dinner or go to Aggieville in the evening or check out Goolsby's inside the Bluemont Hotel. When it's cold outside, there's indoor entertainment at Goolsby's right there at BluemontHotel.com. That's BluemontHotel.com. And finally, one of my favorite stories of this early year happened at a Loyola Chicago Duquesne basketball game on Wednesday night. Loyola Chicago was in the Final Four a few years ago, right? Uh, good program. They're playing basketball. There's 16 and a half minutes to go in the second half. It's a three point game. Duquesne had the lead. They're at home. And some dude from Uber Eats walks onto the court with a giant bag of McDonald's. He kind of cuts the corner by the bench. And it's across from the players' benches, and they have that seating, you know, that courtside seating for all the high rollers or whatever. So he's like walking toward one of them, almost bumps into the referee. The game is being played. I mean, there's at like live action. And he's walking across the corner, and the ref's like, whoa, 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 and doesn't blow the whistle for a second. And then they finally do, and they're like, get the Uber Eats guy off the court. He was not delivering McDonald's to somebody in the front row. I'm very much surprised they allowed him in the building because you're supposed to buy food and drinks in the building, right? It's not like there isn't food to eat there. Then they catch this dude a few minutes later walking around the concourse, like stopping people he's walking by. Is this for you? Is this for you? Is this for you? This was fake. Everybody's bought in that this guy's an Uber Eats driver and was delivering food to someone inside the arena. There's no way. Here's what I think happened. One of two things, he either used his Uber Eats out. I'm not saying he's not an Uber Eats driver. I'm just saying he wasn't working at this moment. Was there really food in the McDonald's bag? And if so, was it for him? Was it for someone else? What was it? Is this how he got into the game for free? Was he maybe a basketball fan that was done driving Uber Eats now? Because we're talking about what? Close to nine o'clock at night at this point? 16 minutes to go in the game? Is this his way to get in free and see the game? Was it a prank? Was it, I'm going to get on Sports Center, which he did? I don't know what it was, but it doesn't seem to me that it's legit that he was really delivering food to somebody inside the arena. Who would do that? How, how would you do that? You'd have to have a meeting point, and you'd be texting. You wouldn't be walking around looking for the person. You connect through the phone. I'm down beneath the Duquesne basket. Come get your food. I'm setting it here. Bye-bye. <laughs> no, there's no way this was real. There's no way it was real, but it was fun. It was also fun for me on Wednesday to go out to B-Stock. I saw all my friends out there, Scott and Chris and the gang. They're so sweet. I've got a, uh, it's a long story, but I've got this built-in cabinet area for a TV where you put in a, it, it, it's a very complicated size to put in there and get just right in the whole deal. I have had a cable box on that for the 14 months we've been in our house, 15 months. I've had a cable box back there and the cable box is shot. You can't really get to it. So I've learned how to now stream. I'm on Spectrum. I like Spectrum. I think they're really good. Their internet's good, everything. They're not an advertiser, but they've been great to me. Their customer service is terrific. You speak with Americans on the phone, plain spoken English. Their customer service is outstanding. They're really good. So I'm loyal to them. And I need my cable boxes downstairs for when I'm watching Chiefs games. I can't have the streaming lockup. Or I've got a couple, three TVs in one room where we're watching football. I can't have them not be synced. I can't have one Chiefs game 10 seconds ahead of another. So I keep the cable boxes down here for sure. I've learned to stream to these other TVs. And for me, it's streaming to a Samsung TV. And we've learned how to do that. And it's simple. They're all the Samsungs are the same. Jessica knows how to do it. 
the one that I have above my fireplace in there where the cable box is now broken is not a Samsung. So I, I was like, Chris and the gang, I, got, I need a Samsung. You have one that fits in this spot. Yes, they do. And I went out and I got that yesterday, and they saved me a boatload of money over what it was going to cost anywhere else. And I am a paying customer, folks. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm a paying customer. All the TVs in my house, when I built this thing, I bought them at B-Stock. I, I buy them all there. I am a paying customer. I wouldn't have it any other way, and I'm that way. I bought my car from Roberts Robinson. He doesn't give me a free car. I bought my car from him. That's the way we do business. I think it's a conservative way, but it's the way we do business. I do business with my patrons. You know, it's, it's the way we do it. So I like that. And I was at B-Stock yesterday and they're awesome. And there's great service because they're not really a retail location. You know, they're an online company in a warehouse. So when you walk in, you get just instant service right away because it's never really that crowded. So check it out. They've got great specials this week, like the Samsung Frame TV, 300 less than Best Buy, 43 inch, just $6.99. What a lineup and selection of TVs. Just go out there and gorge out on the TVs. Get you a new TV for the big game. Do it. It's time. Bstock.net, 14680 South Flaming Road. Awesome. We got a couple more patrons yesterday. Thanks for signing up. Appreciate that. Love having you on board. We'll be doing uh, another patron podcast on Thursday. Danny Klinkscale will be our special guest on Friday as we'll preview these championship games and the college basketball weekend. Danny is normally our patron podcast on Thursdays. We're going to switch him to the Friday podcast. He'll be part of that. There'll be other topics on Friday, but I'm flying Friday morning, so we'll be posting that one late Thursday night or very early Friday morning. Expect Friday's podcast to be earlier than the typical day. We'll get that one up for you as I'm heading to Pebble Beach this weekend to play golf. Never played there. I am a guest on a trip. It is a fantastic honor and privilege to be going. We can't wait to do this. I will report back on how it went next week. Spencer and Stan Weber will have the Monday podcast for all things AFC and NFC Championship game as I'll be flying back from the West Coast. So uh, look forward to that. So we'll get the uh, Friday podcast up either late Thursday night or very early Friday morning where Kevin Keatsman has issues. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. (laughs) 